0: Hey, green future growers. Welcome to season four. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Byer. I'm here to help you create, grow, and enjoy your own organic oasis. I hope you'll subscribe for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and let's get growing. Hey listeners, the end of gardening season is here and it's the ideal time to rehabilitate your garden soil by growing a cover crop. Trueleafmarket.com has given Green Organic Garden podcast listeners 15% off all cover crop seeds using the code GOG15. Some restrictions apply. Just go to trueleafmarket.com and use code GOG15 to get 15% off all cover crop seeds this fall welcome to the green organic garden it is friday march 11 2022 and i have an awesome guest back on the line she was here for interview 357 to talk about her book grow your own fruit back in february of uh, february 8th 2021 here today she's going to talk to us about her new novel garden variety from gardener podcast is christy will so welcome back to the show
1: christy thank you so much i'm happy to be here
0: Oh my gosh! Well, I have been like reading and reading and reading since the pandemic started and school got out. I've been working from home um, on my computer like full time. So I have read just more in the last two years than ever before because as soon as I'm done working, it's like turn that computer off. Like I don't want to look at it. And now on top of that, like I so my dream has always been to be a children's book illustrator. And and people keep telling me I have to learn this Procreate app so oh. now i'm back to being on my ipad trying to figure that nightmare out anyway <laughs> um things i loved about this book it takes place in a community garden and like there's not just the one main character like there's a main character but you just are so curious like i was so curious about all the other people and i just felt like you did such a huge job of building community and like and the making all the characters come to life and you you just wanted all of their lives to, you know, they all had different challenges and, but it all like, you know, had the same, I, I just, and you had so many great, um, you know, sentences that just really described people and the events. And then on top of that, you've got all this great garden information out there. So I'm going to be quiet. Do you want to tell listeners like a little bit about yourself and, and then about the book?
1: Sure. So I, I garden here in Los Angeles, California, and zone 10B. We used to be zone 9B, but you know, climate change. So that's been a thing. Um, <clears throat> and I belong to a community garden, and I've belonged to this community garden for 22 years at this point, And I was on the board for 20 of that 22 years. So There's a lot of story that comes out of a community garden. And I knew from the first year I was there that I I knew I needed to write a story that's centered around a community garden because it's there's so much that goes on. (laughs) Just really odd stuff happens that you wouldn't think would happen in a community garden. So I just started tucking away stories in my mind over the years and would start writing, you know writing those stories out and then originally I did not want to write a gardening book, but as you know, I have three gardening books (laughs) and, uh, I started out though, making garden variety, the gardening book that I wanted to write, which was telling gardening lessons through story. And it wasn't until I had to stop writing garden variety and write my other gardening books, that when I came back to Garden Variety, I realized now I need to turn this into the novel that it's supposed to be. And, you know, crossed out a lot of the gardening lessons that were in there, because I had already written them in a gardening book, and started developing the characters better and the story better. And it took a long time because it was my first novel, and I it started out in a different way <laughs> as, as a different thing. Ah, uh, when well, you say?
0: It's my first novel because I'm super excited to read the sequel and find out what happens. Oh, thank and you. <laughs> about these characters down the line. I mean, I could see you being like that Louise Penny who wrote all these mysteries about this little town in um up in Quebec. And like this could you could be like the, you know, garden, like you could write all sorts of stories about different characters or different community gardens or even this one, like because it's, just, because what, like, I just talked to this guy in London uh, on Tuesday, and he was telling me that after five years, he was still 30 years out from getting a plot, like, community oh. gardens are
1: big. Yeah, it's a big deal, and Los Angeles has more than 120 of them, because we're, we're a big place, wow. there's more than 10 million people that live in Los Angeles, so there need to be more community gardens, Um especially because I think it's, it's, you know, somewhere around 60% of people live in apartments, maybe even more. So a lot of people don't have the space to grow food on their own and community gardens are the solace that provides that space for many, many people. So that's what I'm, I would love to advocate for more community gardens wherever there is empty space.
0: One of the things I liked was like the size of the beds. Like, weren't they like 17 by 20? They were or 12 by 17. Like, they were really big beds. Like, how'd you come up with that size?
1: Well, it's funny, because my community garden plot is is 15 by 15 feet. But uh, my home garden is 12 by 17. So I decided to, you know, the book is fiction. So I decided to uh, give people really ample space to grow in uh, in the community garden space. But I know some places only have a four by eight bed or less. You yeah, know? that's
0: what they are here in our town. Yeah. So um, ha, tell us more about like the, the characters in the story. And like they must be like composites of people that you've met over the years.
1: They are uh, they are composites. The characters are all composites of people that I've met in the community garden or outside of the community garden, each one of them has a little bit of me in them, of course. Um, but they are so. There's there's the 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 main character is Lizzie, who is a a young uh, phase rep. Well, she's a, she's a section rep. She's in charge of a part of the garden, <clears throat> bringing people in, writing citations, kicking people out, and making sure everyone's following the rules and then and it's
0: funny in the very beginning i'm like citations that's crazy but then <laughs> right. after you read the book you realize that wow that is probably a big part of community gardens and and how necessary it is
1: yeah rules are there for a reason and they unfortunately usually come about because of something someone did wrong that caused a lot of damage so some rules and regs uh, regulations are kind of piecemeal and um Need to be redone, but others are, you know, they work for the community, and it's different everywhere because every community is different. But Lizzie brings in a, a new guy named Jared, and Jared is this kind of um, low-key surfer who's um, he's half Indian and half Hawaiian, and he's. He's a kind of a handyman, and he's a really nice guy, but he's not—he doesn't know really how to commit to anything in particular. He's a jack of all trades and is used to sort of sliding from one thing to another, depending on where the wind directs him. And they end up—they start out butting heads, and uh, uh, and and then there are other characters like Mary, who is the president of the garden and Bernice, who is her foe, who's also on the board, who wants to be president. And then there's Ned, who is the garden master, and some a bunch of ancillary characters like Shara who's another section rep, and and um, Jason and Ananda. And anyway, they're just a, a very eclectic group of people. My goal was to make the characters as diverse as, as I could. Um, because it's called garden variety. And that's what community gardens are usually made up of is a whole group of different disparate people.
0: I think you did an awesome job. And like, I could see me totally being like Jared in the beginning, being like, what? Every, like, isn't the point of the community garden? Like I could just pick and pee here and, you know, get food from everybody. Like it, it would never have occurred to me until I read this book, even that, like, you couldn't just share, you know, like, go in and, and pick anything at the garden, and um, what else was I going to say? I love the way at the back, you have, like, all the garden tips that you, because at first, I was like, I should be writing this stuff down, I should be taking notes, <laughs> but then you have this whole section in the back that's, like, these are all the, you know, 10 takeaway garden lessons from garden variety, and um, small space growing tips for home and community gardens, and just, um, a reading group guide. I should send this to my mom because she's always complaining to me about the books that they have to read in her book club.
1: Oh, it's great for book clubs. Yeah, the the guide, the guides in the back are, you know, extra bonuses, a little dose of, of uh, nonfiction in the middle of a, a fiction, you know, setting. And, you know, I forgot to, to mention, because you you had said you could see me writing a whole series of these. I do plan Garden Variety to be a trilogy. Uh, i'm I'm oh, about awesome. six thousand words in on the second one right now, but I've had to set it down because I've had a lot of <laughs> a lot of other stuff going on. So that is the nature of fiction for me is it has to happen in between all the other stuff I'm doing.
0: Well, it's just marinating and percolating. And um, I think that like in some way, and also, like as I've said, I've read lots of books, and i've I always read like the acknowledgments at the end. and I've read several books where people have said, like, I had to put it down and pick it up and put it down. And, and sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. Like, I've been working on my own novel. And like, I just met somebody the other day. And like, if they hadn't told me this one thing, like, that would have really been missing from my story. So, you know, just look at it as like, um, maybe something you don't know that needs to be included in that thing you haven't learned yet, or you haven't met that character, or you haven't learned that one thing that character needs to learn and just um
1: yeah I feel that way I feel like sometimes I I had to put the book down for a year or a year and a half and it wasn't until some thing happened that sparked this this idea that was like oh my god that's what needs to happen and then I'd go pick it up again and write it and I know that Authors who make a living from their work can't afford to take that much time in between. <laughs> um, but it is i I completely agree that sometimes for people who are writing fiction, they just have to wait around for that idea to drop in their lap.
0: or that piece of information. that's what it was. I was watching like so in my story, they're like remodeling this farmhouse, and I've been like watching all these like versions of Fixer Upper and all this stuff. And like I found this new show called, Joe home inspector Joe or something and he talked about like the galvanized pipes were like rusting and it was like that's my problem that's the problem I've been wanting to have and like he explained it on and, and so that was um anyway the uh, one thing that I learned there uh oh I was just going to ask you a qu- oh what I was going to tell you is that, and and I could edit this part out, but your publisher actually sent me two copies so we can give one away. And I was thinking Ooh. maybe we could do like an Instagram thing where like, don't people have like contests where like, if they tag both of us and tag a friend, they get like an entry? Yeah, absolutely. Does that sound I, good? I would love to do that. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, what, anything else you want to tell us about it or about you or what, what's going on? Like, are you still at that community garden after 22 years? Like, you're gonna have a a bed this year?
1: Yeah, I was there. I was there this morning, watering and picking peas and salad greens, and uh, uh I was pulling some spinach because things of all the winter garden stuff is really bolting to seed right now, and I leave most of it in for the bees. I let the arugula going crazy. The the um all the brassicaceas that flowered that I didn't get to in time or that they got eaten, but they're still sending up flowers. I'm leaving those for the bees and I'm harvesting all of the shelling peas so I can turn the cover crop into the soil and put down some compost over the top of it, water it in and then wait three weeks before I plant my tomatoes in that bed. Cause I have found that when I, if I plan ahead, my, wherever I'm gonna put my tomatoes in summer, if over the winter I plant a cover crop of shelling peas, even if i harvest the peas cuz you know the nitrogen is used back up when you when you let it go to maturity if you cut it down in the flower stage then the nitrogen stays in the soil and breaks down but even the biomass is nitrogen so when i harvest the peas i chop down the the biomass cover it with compost water it in leave it there for 3 weeks i've found my tomatoes do really really well in that bed if i plan ahead in that way so that's my plan for the next couple of weeks because i'm almost done harvesting those peas and then the work comes into play of chopping up the veggies i mean the um the biomass and keeping it moist until it's broken down
0: awesome that was like the greatest golden seeds like in the shortest amount of time ever shared (laughs) um and I my husband's always asking me about that about like he's like well if you harvest like the nitrogen's just getting sucked out of there. Mm-hmm. But, but that answers that question that he's always asking me about cover crops last year I tried to plant lentils and they did so, so I mean I probably should have paid more attention to them, I don't think they ever got lentils on them.
1: Try um, again. I again grew Keep them trying. for.
0: A, a cover crop, but then I just let that. That it just fold over and lay down, mm, um, yeah. So then you just cover it with compost. Now, where do you get your compost? Do you get it like just like in this story? Like, does your community garden have compost that you can get from there?
1: Or? Yeah. So the so the the community garden I belong to has a connection with a um, the city where they'll deliver stable waste from the city parks that have horses, which there are a couple. Uh, to our garden so instead of having to pay a dumping fee uh, they drop it at our community garden we combine that stable waste it's manure and straw combined and then we combine that with the biomass the green waste that the garden creates into these pit composters that we use it's it's not really a pit it's the slope of a hill Um, and there are work days where everybody comes and helps, not everyone, a group of really dedicated, hardworking people get together and turn the piles every week. And then the compost becomes available to the community garden. But they also just have a pile of the shredded manure stable waste stuff because that's, if you think about it, it's high nitrogen and, and the shavings from the bedding, that's browns and greens altogether already. So they just kind of lock that away for a while and let it decompose for a bit. And then they make that available to people who want to use that too. So I use that to cover my biomass that I've chopped down and covered. I I don't use, you know, like a store-bought compost because that's going to go in the beds that didn't get the biomass already. Um, But the cover helps break down, uh, keeps the soil moist while that biomass breaks down. And then Eventually gets incorporated in throughout the season as I'm as it breaks down itself.
0: Wow, I'm glad I asked you that. That was nice. Um, lots of information there for people and and some new resources maybe they will look into. I did that kind of like with my chicken manure last year. Like um, our chickens, like I bought straw and they would. Uh, I just, I use that for mulching a lot more than just like just using their chicken manure. Like the straw just seemed to be uh, a lot better.
1: Yeah. Oh, mul- after, oh, a good mulch. yeah. After it's broken down a bit, um, it makes a really good mulch. It's a, you just have to make sure it's broken down enough that it doesn't start to burn. I mean, chicken manure, you know, is very high nitrogen, so it can burn. But if you you know, pile it up in a corner of the chicken coop. They'll tear, they'll tear through it themselves and start breaking it down. And and then when when it's really broken down, then you scoop that up and use it as mulch somewhere or compost. <clears throat> it works really well. I was just reading. I just finished reading a book by someone I inter- interviewed for my podcast, Ben Raskin. He has a whole book called Wood Chip. Um, the jeez, uh, I can't remember the exact title, but it's about wood chips and the power of mulch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he talks about manure, uh, you know, um, stable waste and manure com- combinations as a uh, a nice uh, mulch once it's broken down. So yes to that.
0: Awesome. How about, do you want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a community garden like on the board, like if people are interested in doing stuff like that?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I had to step down in 2020 when I when I got the book deal for garden variety and the book deal for grow your own mini fruit garden at the same time. And I was like, Okay, uh, something has to give so it's going to be the board duties on the, uh, at my community garden, but um, it's, you know, in the over the past 20 years that I was on there, there were points of contention, but generally people were very, very civil. But every once in a while, something, there'd be some kind of random flare up that would just divide the board and make it impossible to get anything done. Uh, Also, when outside, you know, members would come to the board meetings to register complaints. And, you know, there was always that kind of, uh, I don't even know what to say to describe it, but insular, Infighting that happens uh, anywhere you go, any group, you know, it starts. Yeah, to become... well, it
0: totally reminds me of like what's going on in like our libraries, or especially oh. like, one of our libraries down in Kalispell is just having a huge problem right now.
1: Yeah, and it's,
0: it's just such a shame because it's like, it one is. of the best libraries in the nation. Like they came up with this new program a couple of years ago. It, it's just amazing what they've done, and the board, like everybody, has quit. They can't find a director. It's just been a nightmare
1: yeah it's really sad to see how insular and and how much infighting there can be in these small organizations where if you really just step back and look at the big picture these issues that are huge problems are really not that big a deal but they just become they somehow escalate and inflate and become a big deal so i i write a little bit of that into garden variety to create some tension Uh, especially between Mary and Bernice, who are kind of fighting over the uh, leadership and rule of the garden on their own. Uh, Whereas a lot of stuff is happening outside of that fight that has importance, too. Uh, But it's I just kind of gave everybody their own little arc, their own story arc and trauma and or crisis to work through.
0: yeah because like one of the things like market farmers talk about when they have volunteers or interns come is like getting the interns to do the things the way they want them to do on their farm and the interns coming and being like no I want to do it this way and and I think this is how it should go and and being like you know this is our farm and I, I imagine there's a lot of that that comes up with different people being like well this is my bad, and I'm going to do it this way and I've always you know anything from like spring pesticides to you know, using mulch or having cover crops or, you know, we, people being like, get your, you know, somebody may be wanting to grow dandelions. I mean, my mom's been telling me how they're, and I saw them when I was in New York visiting dandelions for sale on the regular produce aisle and other people be, you know, just like everything from, you know, I'm sure there's like a million things that people can complain about in a garden space.
1: Yeah. And that's why the rules and regulations are important so that Everyone just upon coming in as a member is has it straight and doesn't try to mess, mess with those things. But there are always those who try to skirt the rules and you know read between the lines and, and make sure they just operate <laughs> just within the boundaries of those rules. And it it tends to make everybody angry. <laughs>
0: And then there's always that person, like it reminds me of my third grade class, the last year I was in the classroom, but, you know, it was like having a hall monitor and there was the one kid who was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll right, sure right. You know, there's always that person too. Yeah,
1: so- I, I think Lizzie is that person in in the book. She is, she's a dedicated rule follower. And, and then when Jared is sort of operating outside the rules, she doesn't know what to do with herself or him.
0: The one thing that drove me crazy was I always wanted to know what Lizzie's day job was. Like, I hope in the sequel, maybe we'll find that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was a, that was a maybe question. you
0: wanted to do that on purpose.
1: I, I left it sort of nebulous on purpose, although she, um, you know, she is a, she she writes copy for a, a, a magazine, um, or no, I'm sorry, not a magazine. She writes... For a, a PR company, she ends up writing copy for catalogs and brochures and that kind of thing. It's very uninspiring <laughs> work mm. that um, that her garden is a solace from. So she feels underappreciated and, and underutilized in her work. So she brings that to the garden and where she can create and express creativity more there.
0: Well, christy thank you so much for sharing with us today is there anything else you want to tell us that we haven't talked about do you want to tell listeners about your podcast
1: sure the garden Nerd. they don't know about it <laughs> right so people can find everything that i do at gardennerd.com that's g-a-r-d-e-n-e-r-d.com and we've got a podcast the Garden Nerd tip of the week podcast uh, a youtube channel a very extensive blog that dates back, the archives go back to 2005. And um, what else? Yeah, all of those things. A newsletter, you know, you can get on the mailing list of the newsletter. I offer online courses that I just, just launched the very first one and I do ca- uh, classes, coaching. You and did?
0: What's your class about? Uh
1: The new online course is called Creating a Healthy Garden and it's uh, specifically about pest control using organic and beyond methods to uh, manage your garden and develop and enhance your garden in a way that where the ecosystem is doing the work for you as much as possible. And I, I just ran that course. It launched on March 4th, and I will be running it again two more times this year, but I'm not exactly sure when, but you can get on the waiting list If you go to the website and um, look under classes, which is under the service tab and get on the waiting list for that. And you'll get more information as the time comes. So (laughs) sorry. So
0: it is like a live class. Like you're like, it's not just like um, uh, do it at your own pace. Like it's how, how long is it? Like, is it just one session? Like 45 minutes or like, is it over a certain amount of weeks or?
1: No, it's a, so it's an online course where I've recorded four modules worth of videos. So each module has uh, th- four videos, except for the module four is, is uh, just one so far, but then some support materials and we're gonna be ad- adding things to that module as we go. But it drops all at once. So you get- have access to the whole course at once and you can go at your own pace and there will be two levels of access. So there's an independent study and then there's a VIP access. So there'll be more about that the next time I run the course. And, uh, but in the meantime, people can get on the waiting list to find out more. Also, my books are all for sale on the website and pointing to wherever you can buy them because they're pretty much available wherever books are sold. Do you want to name your book? Uh, Sure, there's Gardening for Geeks, which is my growing vegetables in small spaces book. There's Grow Your Own Mini Fruit Garden, which is growing fruits in small spaces. And there's a digital publication that is a compilation of the first 10 years of a gardener tip of the week podcast. And it's digital because it has hyperlinks to really awesome resources. And it's separated by season. So you can go through, just grab the season you need for the time, wherever you are, and then read through those and click through the links. And that's called 400 plus tips for organic gardening success. And that's on Amazon Kindle. And then garden variety the novel of which we spoke today is from william morrow and it came out on february 1st and it's available everywhere books are sold
0: and after you read it make sure you leave a review on amazon so other people can find it and find Christy's christie's other
1: amazing information well thank, thank you so much for sharing with us today of course thank you very much for giving me the opportunity
0: Aw, it was wonderful talking to you Okay, listeners, don't forget if you want to win a copy of Garden Variety, you simply have to tag a friend on Instagram and also tag Christy at Garden Nerd and me at Organic Garden Podcast with the hashtag Garden Variety Book. And you will be entered to win your own copy of Garden Variety on the Fall Equinox Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. So simply just tag a friend tag christie at gardener tag me at organic garden podcast with the hashtag garden variety book and you could win your own copy of the awesome community garden novel garden variety hey listeners did you hear my interview i did with parker one of the co-founders of true leaf market they're giving green organic garden podcast listeners 15 percent off on cover crop seeds at TrueLeafMarket.com, park and i talked about all the benefits of cover crops i know that we've talked on my show so much about healthy soil and this is just a great really easy way to add organic matter to your soil which we all know on my show is just one of the keys to growing a healthy garden they can help keep pests away they can improve your soil give your plants the nutrients, get the nutrients back into your soil that your plants need to um, you know, be prolific, to help keep pests away, to just really flourish. So again, go to trueleafmarket.com, use code GOG15 to get 15% off cover crop seeds. Some restrictions do apply, but it's a great deal. And they've got an awesome, um, easy garden cover crop mix. So you don't have to do like any of the thinking